Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about tarot cards. So, what is tarot cards from the spiritual perspective? the tarot cards um, are a tool um, that allows you to connect to certain universal energies and archetypes and one use for that tool is you know from the human perspective predicting the future or the likely outcome of your actions and um, potentially it's, it's one of the ways that you can connect to the higher level guidance for yourself. Um, so very often, um, I mean, mind you, right, this is not necessarily a dimension where human beings are very, um, where a lot of humans exist with their energy centers open, specifically as it relates to higher chakra systems. So... In this particular day and age, a lot of humans are going through their incarnation experiences through their lives quite blindly. So the tarot cards is this bridge between lower dimensional spheres and higher dimensional spheres that enables third dimensional and fifth dimensional beings to get guidance from higher dimensional beings. In, in a way that they can understand hmm. without necessarily leveraging the higher centers, right? So there are many ways to get guidance from the universe. Um, it could be anything from symbolic guidance in a form of, well, I don't know, angel numbers, um, feathers, anything, any physical objects, to um, overhearing somebody talk and, and, and their conversation being meaningful in your life. That's a form of guidance to dreams, right? To all the other, um, what we could call keys, right? Such as, um, I don't know, um, different divination tools like the pendulum, for instance, is one, the runes and you name it. There are many keys that connect you to the different truths of the universe, astrology, numerology, there's a bunch. Um, now, all of these are ways for you to get guidance uh, more often than not, you would be referring, you, you, you would be um, asking for guidance from higher consciousness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So in the ideal world, of course, human beings would just have their third eye and crown chakra open all day, every day, because that would allow them to connect straight into the Akashic records and source consciousness. However, in lower dimensional worlds, that is not reality. And so there exist multiple tools that serve as bridges between lower dimensional and high, high, higher dimensional worlds. 
And tarot is one of those bridges. Hmm. And uh, what is the origin uh, origin of this tool? Well, um, the origin of this tool is really, really ancient. Um, you know, there are, there are different bridges in general that higher dimensional consciousness uses to connect to all third dimensional worlds, not just planet Earth, right? Um, and cards, actually, which is a two-dimensional two-dimensional object, is a very common bridge that is used across all of the universe. In this particular case, I mean the matrix, huh. right? So let's just say that these tools are sponsored as high, um, you know, at, from the echelons as high as the architects. But they don't necessarily come from the architects because that's uh, below their pay grade. Hmm. So these tools originally come from the helpers of the architects, or you could say angelic beings from your perspective. Um, which is not to say that that's the only energy that can power tarot cards currently, right? Which is a big distinction to make. Uh -huh. But you asked me about the origin, so I'm giving you the origin. Yeah. Um, throughout time and space, there have been many renditions of this tool. So that's very important, a very important distinction to make. Depending on different planetary levels and which planet we're talking and, you know, the dimension of the planet and the, the sponsoring entity that is attached to this particular divination tool within this, um, for this particular planet, um, the, the size of the decks that is used is quite different. Um, currently on this planet, you're using, um, a 78 card deck, which is a very simplified version of the deck actually, hmm. uh, because planet earth is not considered to be a very sophisticated, uh, planet. So the archetypical, the, the necessity for displaying and projecting certain archetypes is not that diverse. So basically the archetypes are limited of what you could experience on this planet. Um, your typical um, tarot deck, like if, if I just like look throughout the universe, would be more like 112 cards. Like that would be like your more typical um, rendition. But uh, these tools go up to like four or 500 cards. Oh, wow. um, so when you're asking me about the origin, it's a little bit of a complex question to answer because within the planetary aspect, right? Like if I'm not taking the universal aspect, but I'm just taking planet Earth, different versions of this tool have existed for tens of thousands of years. Um, they kind of come and go with the times. It is a tool that, you know, um, would try, would kind of migrate sometimes from mainstream to their cult back to mainstream so from you know sometimes it would be forgotten and almost like erased and then only like smaller groups would carry on that energy um, and then it goes mainstream again and then it goes back to becoming like a tool for the select few and then it, as it's going through this tool um, and it's you know obviously through ages has been called many different times uh, ma many different names so tarot is just like one of the names for the tool um, it's a very recent name. Um, and yeah, so basically, um, as it goes through its ebbs and flows, the deck itself, um, takes on and, and, and it evolves with the times. 
Right. So sometimes you would lose certain archetypes. Sometimes you would gain certain archetypes. So it's not necessarily a very static. It's a very dynamic structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's meant to be, again, like uh, it's meant to serve as a tool. It's meant to be a help. Um, And the reason for being for this tool is so, um, you know, when the architects created the matrix, obviously they had to create certain complexities such as like the veil of forgetfulness, for instance, like the fact that you don't remember your past incarnations, don't remember who you are, might not remember your mission. All of these are the things that are making your day-to-day harder, arguably, Mm -hmm. right? Karma is something that makes the day-to-day harder. At the same time, you know, there there have been created, created certain aids, certain tools to make your going easier. And this is just one of the tools that it has been the intention of, of the creators of the matrix to put in front of the ones that have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, right? For the, you know, the people that would notice and resonate with this frequency in the attempt to enable them to walk their walk a little less blindly and get informed and get guidance. And again, it's a very important distinction to make. This is not the only way to get guidance. Mm-hmm. But this is for someone whose, let's say, other special abilities are limited, right? Mm, I see that. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, so how would you formulate the purpose of this tool? Just predict the future? No. What would be the purpose of this tool? Well, the way the way it was intended or the way humans use it? I mean, the way it was intended. And uh, of course, it would be interesting to hear how people maybe misuse it. Well, the way it was intended, like I said before, not to be repetitive or mm-hmm. sound like a broken record, yeah. is so you can get guidance from higher aspects of reality. The reason you want the guidance in the first place is because in the game of Sansara, where you have very limited information, you're kind of like walking in the dark and you're a blind kitten on top of everything else. So basically from the higher perspective, your constant cycle and stream of incarnations looks like you poking around in the dark trying to understand where the exit is. Hmm. And in the meanwhile, not moving in the general direction of the exit, but moving in the whole opposite direction sometimes, or just like going in circles right? That is what it looks like from the higher perspective. So if you can only imagine how challenging that is, let's say I'm your guide, right? Um, Which ironically I might be, but (laughs) (laughs) let's say I'm a guide, right? And as uh, my purpose as your guide is to make sure that you're learning your lesson, whatever is your next lesson that we agreed on in the least possible number of incarnations, right? Because everybody, um, you know, from the soul perspective, you don't, you, you want to get on with the learning faster, not slower. That's always one of the things that we're optimizing for is speed, right? It is extremely challenging for me as a guide and for all of the other guys, guides to watch you poke around in the darkness and go in circles because I'm wasting my time on this as well and my energy, right? So say you're, you need to learn to stand up for yourselves for yourself in a relationship. And that's the great lesson that we're here to learn as a couple. And by a couple, I mean you as the student and me as a teacher, because a guide is a teacher, right? Now, say you go down in this inc- into this incarnation 
And you get into a relationship that's yet again an abusive relationship because that is exactly how you wanted it. This is the lesson that you're learning. The only way that you're going to learn it is through going through an experience of an abusive relationship and making a choice based on that. Now, as a guide, it's my job, right? Because you, of course, forgot that we've been here 3,000 times before. I'm the only one with the knowledge. You are downstairs. I'm looking at you from upstairs. You don't hear me. You don't pay attention to any of my signs and any of the guidance that I sent through. And granted, I might send you like 60 a day and you're still oblivious, right? Your higher centers don't work. So there's no way for me to get through to you. So it's exceptionally frustrating for me to watch you poke around like a little blind kitten and getting into a relationship after a relationship after a relationship where you get abused Hmm. and not learning the lesson, right? So it's my best interest to get you the guidance somehow. And literally, I've already tried everything under the sun, right? So like we as guides basically put all these tools in front of you to try to get the point across. But of course, it's a free will based universe. So outside of me incarnating instead of you, right, I cannot walk the walk for you. I can only like guide you, right? And so like a tool like tarot is one way that I can get my message across to you, or at least attempt to. Hmm. That makes sense. In the world where you're a blind kitten and I'm trying to help you out as best I can. Right? So to make this a little bit of a less frustrating experience for both parties and to try to get you, instead of repeating the same mistake, three billion times to get you to repeat the same mistake 300 times we've developed tools to speed up the progress and this is just one of the tools Hmm. so that's from the higher perspective right from the human perspective is this is this a tool for for telling the future i guess that's how you guys think about it but really this is a tool to make sure that you stay on your path like largely, if, if I'm kind of like trying to find the middle ground of like, what is this tool really meant to do? And if I take my perspective and if I take your perspective and try to uh, like merge them in the middle, really the reason tarot cards exist is for the two parties <laughs> to be able to have a very productive relationship where you, like teacher student and for you to be as much aligned on your path and to get us the, the fastest progress possible. Hmm. Okay, so that's super important. But how would you then advise people to actually use them, given that it seems like oh, they're God. not used in the right way? Well, as I understand. no, no, it's not that they're not used in the right way. Who said that? Did I say they're, they're oh, not used in the right maybe way? Maybe people misunderstand them. I don't know. Well, it's just, it's not that people misunderstand them, but they want to know, like, people use tarot cards because they're curious. Mm. Um, and then they're curious about the future because they're kind of like almost like anxious to understand like what's next and then they're trying to optimize somehow Uh, but they don't always opt because like they don't always look at things from the vantage point that they should be or rather most of the times they don't so it's a very short-sighted point of view oh right because humans tend to optimize for pleasure and happiness in the moment or in the, like, that that's what, like, so, for instance, if you tell them, oh, there's, like, a massive change happening and you might lose your job and blah, 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 like, they think that's bad. Meanwhile, you as a guide might be, oh, my God, like, seriously, this is the best thing that could happen to you, dude. Like, losing your job, 
right mm -hmm. so that's 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 what what i mean when i say like humans might misunderstand the tool because their perception is too black and white <laughs> right <laughs> and 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 they're not always able to see the blessings that hmm. are disguised as challenges that's why the reason tarot is a complicated tool and it gets a little bit of the bad rap is because unfortunately it's not a very homogenous egregore and we've spoken about egregores like in, in one of the most recent episodes but basically um although the original intention for the tarot tool or the tool for this deck was very high frequency high dimensional and very altruistic in some ways um it's not it's not always the, the guidance that you are you could currently be getting from tarot doesn't always come from the high frequency and that is the challenge so in the same way that um, let me uh, try to figure out like what would be like a good what would be like a good example? Okay, good example. Money, for instance. Is money good or bad? A lot of you think money is evil, right? But wouldn't you also agree that money is a tool? First and foremost. Like, depending on who wields the tool, it could be a tool for good, or it could be a tool for bad, or it could be a tool for in-between, or it could be a completely neutral energy. Like, if you think about it, right? Because money can build things, Money can tear things down, you know, money can buy you uh, a life-saving surgery or it can buy you, um, I don't know, uh, a gun that you're going to kill somebody with, right? Like, it, but, but money in and of itself is not evil. Although now that I'm giving this example, I'm very cognizant of the fact that in the collective consciousness, money is evil. So maybe it is a bad example. But what I'm trying to say is, um, like any tool, the wielder of the tool, whoever works with the tool, really impacts um, the destiny of the tool, if that makes sense. Ah. Uh, because you're mixing your own energy with the energy of that tool. And there currently there are beings of light and beings of darkness that c are the sponsoring energies for this tool. And depending on the wielder, meaning that the tarot reader, right? That particular person, depending on where their personal vibrations are, they're either going to be tapping into higher dimensions or lower dimensions. Hmm. That's so interesting. Which for all intents and purposes are more like demonic type dimensions. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you got to be very careful with a tarot tool, right? Now, if you're doing it for yourself, that's a whole other issue. Like if, if you're reading for yourself, you are at your level, so it's probably fine. But there are just as many good, like as many good, quote unquote, tarot readers that are tapping into the energy of your guides. Mm -hmm. as there are the ones that are tapping into other type frequencies that might not be as beneficial to you. So discernment is exceptionally important for tarot. Hmm. I see that. 
Okay, yeah. and uh, if you, because you mentioned the sponsoring energies on both sides, so light and darkness, uh, can you maybe uh, clarify a bit who are these entities? Uh, how come we have both sides contributing into the same egregore? Uh, because an egregore is a tool, uh-huh. and um, you do have egregores that that have both. Like it, it's not every egregore is homogenous. Uh-huh. There are egregores that are extremely homogenous, and there are others that are not. And this one is not. Uh huh. And uh, who would be uh, these entities? Like somebody from kind of angelic realm demonic realm <laughs> well yeah i mean i don't know how deeply you want to get into that and and i really worry about going into religion mm. because that's not the conversation that we're trying to have but let's just say that oh god how do i say it without um making you become really really confused um let's just say that there are invisible beings out there that m- mean mean well and the ones that don't and the ones that don't are inherently selfish and the ones that do mean you well are inherently they inherently stand for unity let's just say that and again you've asked a very complicated question that might be in and of itself a six-hour episode for you to be able to fully understand what I mean by this. But in the same way that there are angelic realms, which is angelic realm from your perspective, and then there are many ways to define angelic realms, by the way, but anything that's higher dimensional compared to you could be construed an angelic realm. That's one definition, and it's a very fair definition. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are entities, and a lot of them right, are created by... There, let's just say that there, there are energies that exist within the matrix and a lot of them have been created by humans themselves that could be described as demonic. Mm-hmm. What that means is, from the energy perspective, your angelic energies and beings produce light and your demonic energies eat light or consume light that's really the only difference on an energetic level Mm -hmm. so you have two different points of difference right one point sucks everything into it and thus is black kind of and the other point is white and emanates those are different and both exist in, in in um within the matrix right yep because The tarot tool is a bridge, and thus it exists in between dimensions. Every bridge does. And by the way, tarot is a very sophisticated tool, so it can get you from a third dimensional reality reality up to the 11th dimension. Mm. uh, As a bridge, it's fairly sophisticated because you have certain tools and certain bridges that can only get you up to the seventh dimension, like the runes, for instance. They don't go up higher than the seventh dimension. But tarot goes up to the 11th. So it's a fairly sophisticated bridge as far as energetic tools are concerned. Because it exists um, outside of dimension, um, anybody can intercept that frequency. 
like a spy, mm-hmm. right? You might be intending to go upstairs, but because it's a bridge, it's a volatile type of energy. And it can be intercepted by something else, some other entity. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And so when you are getting your guidance, you don't always know, unless you have discernment, of what, like, what, what, what dimension your bridge just went into. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. And uh, in this case, how would one work in the right way? with tarot cards like or maybe where would you start maybe right to kind of ensure that you actually get to so do you the question is are you trying to do readings on yourself or are you trying to use a practitioner i'd say on yourself because most people don't do readings on themselves huh that's interesting most people go to a practitioner yeah, maybe how does the uh, how does it look right now the relationship between humanity and tarot? Like, what do people usually do with that tool? Uh, they mostly go through a practitioner. Only about one percent would even attempt to do a reading for themselves. Oh wow! And they use it generally for very simple questions. They like they would not be like, "What's my mission in life?" and "What am I supposed to be doing?" Generally speaking. About 65 to 75% of requests are relationship-based. Hmm. Does he love me? Does she love me? How can I like keep him? Are we going to get married? How does he feel about all of that good stuff? Does oh, he wow. have like a side chick? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very... What, what would you like to me to tell you? Like the state of human consciousness is That's not so that bad. sophisticated. Uh, maybe, maybe if you look at the kind of how would our listeners use tarot right our listeners still go to practitioners like the the vast majority Mm -hmm. okay in this case how would you do this in the right way maybe it doesn't even make sense given that it's like a russian roulette in this case it's not i mean i would hope that for a lot of our listeners right we can work on the discernment aspect. Like that's the whole reason of why you guys are even listening to this podcast in the first place. Like there's so many more things you could be doing with your lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole or like part of the point of us even doing this work, right? And spending this much time in creating content for you is that A, you raise your vibration and the frequency, right? And so the information that we impart here is meant to help you raise your frequency but also help raise your awareness because awareness is a very very important tool and that is a difference between failing your mission and succeeding in your mission right over time as your vibrations rise and as you're becoming more aware of how the universe works What's going to inevitably happen, and which is also something that I'm helping you with, unbeknownst to you, is you're going to get a massive flow of energy through your higher centers. So everything, the heart center and up, through you just like, through you coming in contact with this content and this podcast and everything else we're going to be creating in the future, right? Inevitably, as a byproduct of of this relationship that we're having, you're going to start getting an influx of energy through your higher chakras. And what that's going to help you do is it's going to help you become the master and you become the authority in your life. 
Because the last thing I want to do is make you dependent on what I'm saying. Because I am irrelevant completely. The only thing that matters is you and your relationship with the universe. You and your relationship with energies. So, all of you have some level of intuition, right? As you're going and as you're developing in your spiritual, on your spiritual path, that intuition should become more sophisticated over time, right? And it's not that it's not sophisticated right now. Um, Maybe that came across a little bit wrong. You already have a sophisticated intuition and you already have the capacity to get any answer from the universe that you want right now. The only thing that is off is you have quieted down that voice that has been trying to guide you by ignoring it. So what what we're trying to do is dial up that voice inside of your head that's been trying to guide you all along, enable you to tap into that inner guidance at any point for any question within your life. Yes, one of these questions could be, should I trust this tarot reader? But it is really peanuts compared to what you're capable of, (laughs) right? So... If you're trying to understand whether the person that's sitting in front of you, right, is a transmitter of good high-frequency vibrations or low-frequency vibrations, and by the way, no judgment. Like, if you don't care who you want to work with, work with whomever. Everything is a lesson. There is no wrong answer here, by the way, right? You want to connect to demonic energies? Go ahead. Be my guest. It's fine. It's like a very valid answer. There is a reason why demonic energies exist. There is a reason why the grand architect has not eradicated them. He could have, right? So they're also here, by the way, for your own benefit and to increase your discernment, right? And to help you look within. I'll give you a very, very quick um, answer, though, of how you would know who's in front of you. Because you within yourself have the capacity, 100% of you, whether you believe it or not, to know exactly who is standing right in front of you at any point in time, whether you believe you have special abilities or you don't. And the way you're going to want to do that is very simple. First, you want to activate your third eye. Your third eye chakra, your pineal gland, is the number one tool for you to be able to understand your own future within this particular life and your incarnation. You don't even need your crown. Crown is to connect with source energies and really higher dimensional beings. That is like PhD, right? Your pineal gland is like college, right? Not maybe not kindergarten, not school, but college. And like, trust me, you got it. So first you want to make sure that your third eye center is activated, right? And the, the way you, you're going to want to do that is you want to imagine that there is a bowl of violet energy in the middle of your forehead, in the middle of your, um, really, well, I guess right where your pineal gland is, right? And then you want to start rotating that sphere. Um, you want to rotate that as if it was like a little bowl of energy. Rotate that, rotate that. And then imagine that there is, well, actually... Let's work with the violet flame because you guys love the violet flame, don't you? So imagine that there is a violet flame um, right in front of you, right? 
whether that's a temple of the violet flame, doesn't really matter. You don't even have to understand what the violet flame does for this to work because a violet flame is a very foolproof divine energy. So imagine that the violet flame is sending a stream of beautiful purple energies straight into your pineal gland. Um, and then as it does so, right, like, um, you know, you establish an energy exchange, like a loop between you and the violet flame, where it gives it and then you give it back to the violet flame. And so it's like a loop that coming and uh, that's coming and going through your um, pineal gland and through your third eye, right? So it's a loop. And imagine that loop accelerating, right? Um, and vibrating faster and quicker. So imagine like at first, like maybe you'll do one loop every 10 seconds and then you do a loop every five seconds and then you do a loop every second and all of a sudden you're able to do 10 loops in one second, right? So like that rotation needs to be very, very fast, right? You want to help with your breath and really expand that violet, um, that violet center in the, in the middle of your third eye. Now, that is step one. Step one is activating your pineal gland and activating your third eye. Again, just to reiterate, 100% of you has that capacity within you to activate your third eye. That is not hard, you guys. That is easy, basic stuff. Step number two is you want to imagine the person, you know, like the person that you're trying to get a consultation from. Because like, I'm obviously, if you're trying to read whether they're a good a good guide for you, like a tarot reader or a bad one. Like you've probably selected the person, right? Ideally, ideally, you would either know exactly what they look like, have a picture or something, because that would help you connect to the, to that particular person, find their energy field within the larger informational field of this planet, right? So you want to close your eyes and focus on what that person looks like. Like literally just their face, right? Try to see their face in your mind's eye. And then what you want to do in your mind's eye with your third eye is you want to take a layer off of that person, almost like if you were to peel off the physical layer, what is underneath? And by the way, you will see one of two things when you peel off the layer. Even with the most basic third eye vision, you will see either white or black. That's it. Very basic layer. If it's white, this person is tapping into high energies. If it's black, they're not. That's it. 100% of you can do that. Hmm. Not yeah. hard. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And as you start, and, and then down the road, right, if you start working with your third eye, you could tell so much more about that person. You can tell all of their past lives, but like, I mean, that could be a little bit more challenging on the first go, but you can definitely tell like who they play with, what team they play for. That's easy. Like that's basic stuff. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, just maybe to understand, because you mentioned that most people ask questions about relationships, uh, maybe like, what can you ask? Like, what are they you can ask anything. That's the thing. Like, again, there's nothing about, there's no prescription for how mm -hmm. you want to live your life. You want to ask about relationships, ask about relationships. Planet Earth is a perfect planet to, um, you know, work through relationship issues and trauma. That's why a lot of you ask about relationships. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong. There is no, again, no dogma, right? 
listen to your heart. Like whatever you want to ask, ask away. Like there is no right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And how far ahead you can maybe look? Is there any, are there any limitations? There are no limitations. The problem is the tarot card, um, the tarot cards, this tool works uh, based on the principle of the law of attraction. Like attracts like. So it will tell you based on your current energy, it'll read your energy field, that bridge, and it's going to advise you based on your energy today. In the same way, right, um, as your guides, like if you could hear your guides, for instance, or get that guidance, they would be advising you today, not you tomorrow, right? Because you are in a particular place and time. And through your energy, like where you are today, your emotional your mental body, your physical body, your energetic body, they inform your future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same as the concept of a lifeline. So you are currently fixated into a particular lifeline, which is the most likely outcome based on today in the future, right? Mm-hmm. So your tarot cards can advise for the rest of your current incarnation However, that's based on your energy that you're emitting today, mm-hmm. because the tool cannot factor in how you're going to change your energies, and it's just showing you the most likely outcome. So the bigger the time frame that you're taking, the less precise it's going to be, because human energy is not that di- it's not that static. It's quite dynamic. It's ever shifting. Enough of you change and migrate between the different lifelines that readings that are done on periods that are like longer term periods, like a year and longer, they are not that reliable. Mm -hmm. What would be the safest? Is like a couple of weeks, a month? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fairly easy to predict. Everything can actually change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you actually want to give it a try and do it on your own? Do you need like any special abilities? So you don't need special abilities because the special ability that you have is you are energy. Mm -hmm. You already have that special ability. And that's why the law of attraction, the like attracts like is going to work for you because it's the law of how energy travels in this time-space reality and how energy clusters in this time-space reality, right? Mm-hmm. So really, the law of attraction is the law of clusterization of energy. There's nothing else about it. And what governs it is the preservation of energy, right? Again, this is a, that same concept where the creators of this system, of this matrix, don't like wasting resources, one way to optimize energy is to clusterize it. Yeah. So because you yourself are an energy, you yourself are a tool in some ways, right? So as you're working with a tarot deck, because of the law of attraction, you are going to attract the cards and the archetypes that vibrate at your frequency as you're asking the question, because you yourself are the tool, Mm -hmm. right? So the only thing that really can go wrong in that process is your alignment with the deck and a very specific question and intention that you set. Those are the only two things that can go wrong. Hmm. 
right? Yeah. First things first, alignment with the deck. A lot of newbies are not going to take enough time to really fully connect with the deck. The deck needs to be cleansed of other people's energies. It cannot be mixed with other people. Like you cannot share the decks between six friends. That's not okay. That's not going to work. Unless you want to get a collective reading, <laughs> right? And you'll be like, well, how does this guy feel about me? Well, I don't know. This is a deck of six people. So I'm sure this guy feels very differently about your six girlfriends. Just a wild guess, right? So you're going to get some 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 total. So make sure that your deck is, deck is truly your own. Make sure that you're really charging it with your own energies. There are many ways to do that. You definitely don't want to like buy the new deck and start working with it right away. You want to first have give give enough time for the deck to absorb your own energies, which probably means having it in the vicinity of your heart center. So your heart chakra, again, is also the bridge, as we know. So it imparts your personal vibration and frequency very well into the deck. So the way you want to charge the deck is either by holding it in your heart center for a good 10 minutes as you're charging it or sleeping, like putting the deck behind your pillow, just sleeping on it for like maybe three nights, right? Because as you're sleeping, it has full access to your heart center. Now it's a little bit of a longer process, but like the better you charge it, the better your deck is going to know you. And then you can also set, and that's the one part like, like, um, enough newbies miss that step is you want to align that deck to the right source so to say so you want to align it to your personal guides that operate in higher frequencies and high vibrations right and it's an intention so you really want to ask your spirit guides to connect their energies to this deck with the purpose of helping you and guiding you on this journey and for the higher good, right? Or the good of all. That's also a very important intention. And it needs to be an intention that comes from your heart. When you ask for that, then your guides can come through and use that as a tool. Because it's a free will-based universe. And unless you're very specific with who you want, who the energy that you want to sponsor the card, it's kind of fair game. And it can still be hijacked. Hmm. Once that's said and done, as you're going through the actual spread, right? And again, we're not going to go into the basics here because there's 3,000 bazillion articles on the internet on how to do a spread. Um, And um, you don't need my help here. You really want to be very specific about your question or your request. Because the energy of the question and the energy of the answer are the same frequency. And again, the law of attraction is your biggest helper when working with a divination tool like tarot. So be specific with a question. And then the only other part, right? The only other part that I think that could be helpful. But again, it could be helpful, again, in your overall spiritual journey, not just with working with the tarot cards, is you really have to work on opening the chakras in your hands. So for a lot of you, the chakras in your hands are underused because you're not necessarily in the current day and time, right? Like, for instance, like you can write and you can type, 
Those are the skills that you're using on a daily basis. But you don't necessarily take a palm of your hand out unless you are a tarot reader or some type of spiritual practitioner to sense the energy of a human or something, right? Like you're not used to using the palms of your hands as an energetic tool, right? When you are working with the tarot cards, though, on some level, depending on how you're pulling cards, right? But it definitely cannot hurt for you to have the chakras of your hands open. And there are very simple exercises of how you want to start doing that. And the tarot decks could actually be a really, really good aid in that. So what you want to do is you want to start with a major arcana, right? There are 22 cards in the major arcana. The reason you want to start there is because those cards have the densest energies connected to them. So every card represents in itself a frequency that as you're going to be doing your spread and pulling the cards from um, from the deck, you you know your hand is going to feel the density of that energy. And if that energy resonates with your current vibration, you're going to inevitably pull it out. Now, the, 20, uh, the 22 cards of the Major Arcana are very charged cards. They have very charged energies, much more so than the Minor Arcana, right? So these are the cards with pictures um, of like, you know, um, you, you guys know what the, the Major Arcana is. If not, Google it. Like, I'm not going to get too much into it, but it's like the Fool, Death, Temperance, all of these cards. Um, very dense energies. So you probably want to start with, let's see. Um, I would recommend the Empress and the Emperor. These are two really, really good cards to start practicing in um, on. Because one is the divine feminine and, and the other one is the divine masculine. Um, uh, basically, what you, what you want to do is you want to take a card in your left hand, into the left hand. Just uh, take start with the Empress. Um, and you want to take your right hand and you want to really feel the vibration of this card, right? Close your eyes and like literally do this physical exercise. Take the Empress in the left hand, the card. And you want to feel into it. And what you want to start doing is you want to move your, your hands like closer together and a little bit apart. And if you close your eyes and, and, and sit there in a little like in a little bit of a meditative state, you would be able to feel the energy of the card. Like, and, and, and you would start to understand how your hands are perceiving the energy of an archetype. So, um, for some of you, you would experience the, the temperature change in you, in the palm of your hand. For others, there'll be a slight tinging sensation or stinging sensation, or you might get like, um, some vibrations in your in your hand but like the you the each of you is going to have like a very distinct way that your body reacts to an energy stream right so you want to get used to that and then like you might take actually you might if you have enough time you can do that with every card of the uh, major arcana to understand how different the streams are and like actually now that i'm thinking about the hermit might be a better card for you as a second card just because the vibrations of the empress and the hermit is just so different um so you should feel right if you take one and then you um every time you take a new card you want to do um you want to zero out the energies and the way you zero out the energies is by um like doing like a swiping and, and, and rubbing motion. So you want to like rub the hands 
um and um and then kind of like um just shake them in order to shake off the energy right in between the cards and then you want to take out the hermit and and try that on for size and see if your hand and the energy feels different um you might need depending on your level of proficiency with energy work and if you've had other past incarnations in which you did energy work for some of you you might start seeing the differences between the cards energetically literally right away for others it might take more time right but over time you would definitely feel the difference um and that again is like a really and you would feel the difference and you would start perceiving energy above and beyond the tarot cards but the tarot cards is just a tool for you to start connecting mm -hmm. um if that makes sense yeah so i think that the biggest challenge is uh, actually interpretation right because uh, there are many books and uh, you kind of don't know which ones you can trust and it's just a card right and yeah uh, it's upright or like the opposite position right and like what do you do with interpretation to be honest the best thing that you could well it's not like i can do a quick one-on-one -on -one with you that would enable you to fully understand the archetypes because each archetype is really really charged mm -hmm. and each card can mean 20 different things because again we're trying to con converse not converse convert uh the your whole experience into 78 <laughs> frequencies which is you have to be a professional tarot reader in this case yes but um that's not what i'm gonna say i'm not gonna suggest that each of you studies tarot for three years that's ridiculous like it might be so irrelevant for your journey yeah. um in fact i think the probably the easiest way for you to you should have like either a reference book or just google um the only thing i would recommend is like using three different sources because um for each card uh you know if if you're not like a professional tarot reader you know, whatever card you draw, you would probably just want to refer to more than one source for interpretation. <laughs> and what if they are opposite? You just feel again with your third eye. Which yes, one part has... of it is training your discernment as well. Absolutely. Mm. That's the only way, right? Because yes, it can be wrong, but another one. Oh, I feel that. Okay. I mean, I think over time, though, you would also feel what you're resonating with. And you might find that there are some um, websites that you perceive to be the best, most like truthful information mm -hmm. and other websites that don't, don't resonate with you personally. So some of it is trial and error also. Got it. And the last question is about uh, maybe not the last, but um, there are so many different decks. Is yeah. there a difference? No. Well, it depends, right? Because like, are we talking Oracle decks or are we talking Tarot? Tarot. No difference. They're just different pictures. Different pictures. Um, you know, some... The only difference really is some decks are wired to automatically connect to a particular um, egregore. Uh, for instance, there are angelic you know, Tarot of the Angels or the Archangels, like that would automatically connect you to the higher vibrational guides. Mm -hmm. And then you would have like demonic decks <laughs> in the same way. So I would say that that's the main difference. But the thing is, whoever you're tapping into, the archetypes of how this universe breaks down into different frequencies is the same. Mm -hmm. It's just whichever 
side is advising you has an agenda and a point of view is all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and then so like some cards, some decks, that's the only difference. Like they're just wired to connect to a particular place within the universe for guidance. And then the last one is actually about uh, tarot versus oracle is kind of they are very different. So oracle cards. Um, okay. Tarot cards is the breakdown of the full so you didn't ask that question um so i would never went in there um but in order to answer this question i need to get in there so the reason that there are 78 cards in the tarot is because um the sponsoring entities that helped channel this energy and this tool onto the universe have deemed that this current third dimensional planet has 78 major energetic facets. Imagine if this reality was a circle and it was divided into 78 compartments and they decided that this is a good approximation for the journey that you could be undergoing and your circumstance and your frequencies. That's the tarot. Right. So it's supposed to be a full circle type of interpretation of the life on Earth today. Right. Meaning. It is believed that right, although this is a very rudimentary interpretation, it's enough to provide the level of guidance that you need. Otherwise, you'd have more tarot cards and more archetypes. Mm-hmm. So tarot, by definition, is its intention is to describe the entirety of your existence, your macrocosm and the microcosm of who you are without leaving any of your major pieces out of the equation. Right. Oracle is very different. Oracle decks are not created equal. They all have a different number of cards and they all tap into different types of energies. They are not meant to describe the entirety of your existence. They take one aspect of reality and blow it out of proportion. You have oracle decks, oracle cards that um, are devoted to the fairy kingdom. You have them that are devoted to the angelic realm. You have them that talk about, um, I don't know, uh, movie characters seriously like there is no (laughs) there's like no rhyme or reason for how people create oracle decks to be honest um and oracle decks really tap into the egregore of the creator like or the the energetic structure of its founder like really they're only as charged or as high vibrational or low vibrational as their creator And they're not meant to be a perfect proxy for the universe, how the universe works, or for the human journey. They're just meant to take one facet of reality and help you take a deep dive into that facet. So if you're into dragons, it'll show you, you know, some answers based on dragon lore. And if you're fairies, it'll use the energy of fairies to advise you and guide you. So you're tapping into a particular kind of energy, but it's not an all-encompassing energy. What I mean by that, it tends to be more biased or more single-dimensional, which is not to say that it's any less valuable. A tool is a tool is a tool. Mm -hmm. They're just fundamentally very different. They're not to be 
Um, Oracle decks are not meant to be all-encompassing. They actually meant to be very biased <laughs> in the best possible way or the <laughs> worst possible way, depending on your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. And uh, now I'm going to end our session. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.